Welcome or welcome back to Criminal Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Jade, and thank you so much for joining me today. Last week, we talked about the Cam family murder and the many, 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 many trials of David Cam. This week, we are going to be talking about the murder of basketball player Lorenzo Wright. So let's get started. Lorenzen Wright was born in Oxford, Mississippi on November 4th, 1975. Lorenzo spent a lot of time in Mississippi with his mother and in Memphis, Tennessee with his father. Lorenzo grew up passionate about basketball and aspired to be a professional basketball player. He went to Lafayette High School in Mississippi where he played basketball. For his senior year of high school, he moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and attended Booker T. Washington High School, where he played basketball. Lorenzen would end up meeting one of his coach's daughters, Shara Robinson, who was five years older than Lorenzen, and they started dating when he was in college. In 1994, Lorenzen played for the Memphis Tigers at the University of Memphis until 1996. Lorenzen was a part of a fraternity in college, and by his sophomore year of college, he was playing on an all-American team. Lorenzen started to realize that he had the potential to play in the NBA, and he told his mother that he wanted to do so. His mother wasn't really thrilled of this idea. She wanted him to go to college, finish it, get his degree, and he would argue, saying that million-dollar income in the NBA was far more superior than any degree. Lorenzen's parents were divorced, but he spent a lot of time with both of them, and he adored both of them. Herb Wright, Lorenzen's father, was working for the Memphis Police Department when he was shot in the back, leaving him paralyzed. Previously, his father was a professional basketball player who played in Finland. Lorenzen and Shara had their first child, Lorenzen Wright Jr., on April 11, 1995. Lorenzen was drafted by the Los Angeles Clippers in 1996, and they got married on June 6, 1998. Lorenzen played for the Atlanta Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, and the Cleveland Cavaliers during his NBA career. Lorenzen was regarded as someone who respected and loved everyone that he played with. He was sociable, he was upbeat, and just a kind and just a kind person. Lorenzen was now in the NBA and earning millions of dollars. He bought his mom a home in Tennessee, and you know how people say money changes people? Not with Lorenzen. He remained the same. He was the same friend that would do anything for you, and he wanted to help those in need. He would pay for his friend's trips to come and watch their games, he would pay for their dinner, and even pay for their college tuition, and 
Sometimes he would have his friends stay over at his place. With more money, he was able to get better access to things. Lorenzen was a car person, and Shara loved jewelry. The couple welcomed their second child, a daughter named Lauren, twins Shamar and Lamar, a daughter named Sophia, and a son named Lawson Wright. Sierra Wright was born on March 14, 2002, but she died 11 months later on March 1, 2003, due to sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS. After her death, Lorenzen established the Sierra Simone Wright Scholarship Fund in her honor. In the summer of 2003, he returned to the University of Memphis to complete his degree. As you can guess, Sierra's death had a toll on both Lorenzen and his wife, as well as their marriage, and everything seemed to be falling apart. Lorenzen was not offered a new contract at the end of the 2008-2009 NBA season, and that pretty much brought his career to an end. Shara and Lorenzen separated in February 2010, with Shara filing for divorce. They were both unfaithful to one another during their marriage, and Lorenzen told his friends that he thought Shara was with him just for the money. Lorenzen relocated to Atlanta, but Shara and his children remained in Memphis. Lorenzen signed a $1 million life insurance policy after they split, with the money going to his children if anything happened. Lorenzen was also ordered to pay Shara $26,000 in child and alimony support. Lorenzen struggled to keep up with these payments because he was someone that spent a lot of money. Lorenzen was believed to have made approximately $55 million throughout his NBA career. Lorenzen had a custom-built $17 million house in Tennessee that was repossessed, as well as a $1.1 million house in Atlanta. Lorenzen would frequently return to Tennessee to see his children, and while Shara and Lorenzen were separated, they continued to hook up. And while Lorenzen was running out of money, he had this plans in the air to play basketball in Israel. On July 18, 2010, he was traveling to Memphis to see his children. His daughter was having a dance recital, and his sister was having a baby shower. Lorenzen boarded a plane to Tennessee, where he spent the first day meeting up with an old friend. That friend stated that they parted ways because Shara called and she was upset because Lorenzen was not home yet. Everyone expected Lorenzen to show up on July 19th, the day of his sister's baby shower, but he doesn't. Lorenzen's mother, Deborah, saw something was wrong right away. Lorenzen wouldn't just not show up to something as important as his sister's baby shower. Lorenzen's mother filed a missing persons report with the Collierville Police Department on July 22nd. 
When police contacted Shara, she seemed unconcerned about Lorenzen's disappearance, saying, you know, there's nothing to worry about. I'm sure he's just gone. He'll come back. This is what Lorenzen does. She said Lorenzen came to the house on July 18th with a burner phone and left about 10.30 p.m. with roughly $100,000 in cash and a box of drugs. And then she changed her story, claiming that someone, somewhere, made it up. She then offered another story, alleging that three guys with guns came to her house looking for Lorenzen, and they threatened her. She stated that she didn't report it to police because she was afraid of her safety as well as her kids' safety. Lorenzen's body was discovered in a wooded area near Callis Cutoff Road 10 days later on July 28th. Because it was July, the weather was extremely hot, causing his body to decompose much faster. Lorenzen was 6 foot 11 and 255 pounds, yet when his body was discovered, it weighed only 57 pounds. Lorenzen was 34 years old when he was shot five times in the chest, skull, and right forearm. The most troubling aspect and frustrating aspect of this case is that on July 19th, he dialed 911 and was answered by a dispatcher in Germantown, Tennessee. Germantown is around 10 minutes from Collierville, where Lorenzen's body was discovered. The 911 call begins with 11 gunshots. The dispatcher did not find this, like, scary, I'd assume. She did not notify the police or her supervisor about anything that she heard that night on the call until eight days later. They said that they did not report it because the call occurred outside their jurisdiction. I believe that if someone calls 911 and you hear gunshots, it's your responsibility to send help out there. You know, who was thinking, mm, you're, you're 10 minutes outside of our jurisdiction, I can't save your life. Like, who was thinking about jurisdictions at that time? They discovered two bullet casings from two separate guns at the crime scene, indicating that there were two killers. All the police had to rely on was a horribly decayed body and Shara informing the cops that Lorenzen was involved with drugs and he was struggling financially. So to police, it seemed like a possibility. Police believe that Lorenzen was killed by a man named Bobby Cole, who had ties to the Mexican drug cartel. The two developed a relationship based on their love for cars, and Lorenzen had to sell some of his cars because he was running out of money. Bobby decided to buy two cars from him. The two cars remained registered in Lorenzen's name, and Lorenzen informed the DEA that he had no idea what the cars were really being used for, or what Bobby Cole was actually up to, or what he was. 
They moved on after, you know, discovering that Lorenzen actually knew nothing. Cher's neighbor came forward in August 2010 and informed the police that Shira was with some man and they were using the fire pit about the time that Lorenzen was murdered. And it was strange because, you know, who uses a fire pit in the middle of summer? Investigators obtained a search warrant and discovered pieces of burned metal from paper clips on August 10th. Lorenzen's $1 million life insurance policy was supposed to be distributed to his children, but they were too young to claim it, so Shara took control of it. Ten months after Lorenzen's murder and ten months after receiving the life insurance, Shara spent $970,000 from the $1 million life insurance. She purchased everything, including a new house and a new car. Lorenzen's father sued Shara and a trust fund was established for the children. Shara was still in charge of the trust funds because, again, they were kids, they could not claim it. And she informed the court that she needed more money since Lorenzen had fallen behind on his child support payments, but the judge said no. Developments in the case started to slow down, and in 2011, a $21,000 reward was offered to anybody with information that may bring Lorenzo's killers to justice. Tennessee provided $10,000, Memphis and the Memphis Grizzlies each contributed $5,000, and Crime Stoppers contributed $1,000. Shara published a book titled Mr. Tell Me Anything in 2015. The book was about a lady who was married to an unfaithful and violent NBA player. She claimed that the book was fiction, but the details were peculiar, and she eventually revealed to her friends that the man in the book was Lorenzen. She was really you know, going all the way with her 15 minutes of fame. She did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and she was asked if she had anything to do with Lorenzen's murder. She said, quote, I'm a mother, a wife, an author, and the police should find his killer. For my name to be even in the same sentence as something like that. I'm a minister of the Lord, and I've never been in any type of trouble or anything. End quote. Shara later remarried, and things just appeared to be going well for her, you know? That is, until the FBI divers discovered the murder weapon at the bottom of a lake in Walnut, Mississippi, on November 9th, 2017. They learned about the gun from a man named Jimmy Martin, Shara's cousin. Jimmy Martin was convicted of second-degree murder, of his girlfriend in 2007 and sentenced to 20 years in prison in 2013. Jimmy Martin informed authorities that he was not involved in Lorenzen's murder, but he knew who was. He named Shara Wright and Billy Ray Turner. Billy Ray Turner worked as a landscaper and was a deacon at Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church in Collarville. He claims that Shara 
begged him for help and even went to the crime scene to clean up after the murder and that he was with Billy when he got rid of the murder weapon. Jimmy added that this was not their first attempt to murder Lorenzo. He added that he and Billy attempted it once, and it was Billy and Shara that had actually killed him. When Shara was told that the weapon had been discovered, she showed little to no emotion, and she seemed uninterested in the idea that, you know, police were one step closer to finding out who murdered her ex-husband. Billy Ray Turner was charged with first-degree murder on December 5th, 2017, and was being held on a $1 million bond. Shara Wright was arrested in Riverside, California on December 15th, 2017, in connection with the death of Lorenzen Wright. Shara accepted a plea deal and pleaded guilty to the facilitation of first-degree murder. Now, I'd never heard of facilitation of murder before, but when I looked it up, it basically means if someone you know commits a crime and asks you to assist them in any way. And when they ask if you want to help, please say no. Sherrod was sentenced to 30 years in prison with the possibility of parole after eight or nine years. Billy Ray Turner pled not guilty to first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and attempted first-degree murder. In March 2020, his trial began. At trial, they had to find a motive, which, of course, was money, specifically the $1 million life insurance policy. Claudia, Shara's cousin, testified that one day she was at her house when Shara repeatedly informed her that Lorenzen had put out a hit on her. Billy was at the house and asked her, you know, what are you going to do about that? To which Shara replied, it's him or me. Claudia stated that she did not speak out because she did not believe that they were actually serious about murdering Lorenzen. Jimmy allegedly stated that Shara approached him in 2010 and informed him about her intention to murder her ex-husband. Jimmy advised Shara that this is not the sort of business you should be in. Jimmy claims that the three of them, him, Shara, and Billy, began discussing how this was going to work. Jimmy added that even though they were preparing literally an entire murder, he did not believe that it would actually happen. In June 2010, Jimmy was in Batesville, Mississippi, when he received a call from Shara urging him to look in the trunk when he arrived. In the trunk, he discovered three guns, weed, and cash. Shara then told Jimmy to go to Atlanta, since Lorenzen would be there. Jimmy told Shara that, you know, he attempted to murder Lorenzen, but he was not at home. However, Jimmy didn't go to Atlanta. Shara told Billy about the plan to go to Atlanta and then told Jimmy that the two would go to Atlanta. She told them that she was just there and she left a window unlocked so that they could go through the window and kill him. When they arrive in Atlanta, they sneak in through the window, but their plan fails when they discovered someone sleeping on the couch. 
Jimmy was back in Mississippi on July 19, 2010, the day Lorenzen was murdered, and Shara called him to help her clean up the crime scene. Lorenzen was lured into the woods with the promise of receiving money from someone. Billy was already there, and when he saw Shara and he put two and two together, Lorenzen tried to flee, and that is when they started firing at him. After the murder, they called Jimmy and asked if he could bring a metal detector because they lost one of the guns. Jimmy and Billy took one of the guns, scratched out the serial number, and dropped it in the lake, which led the FBI to the gun. After a three-hour deliberation, the jury convicted Billy Ray Turner guilty of first-degree murder, guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and guilty of attempted first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Lorenzen's mother informs Shara that she loves her grandkids, and all she wants to do is see them and to be a part of their life. She didn't want Shara to brainwash them into thinking that his side of the family were horrible people. Shara is currently serving a 30-year sentence at the Deborah K. Johnson Rehabilitation Center. She got a parole hearing in May 2022 as a safety valve due to prison overcrowding. She indicated that she was an excellent candidate for release and that she has a support system waiting for her. Two of her six children spoke in support of her early release, while Lorenzen's family spoke in opposition. Her parole was denied and her next one is in May 2027. Lorenzen's mother, Deborah, states, quote, It'll never be closure because I'll never see my son again. This is just some satisfaction for me and my family. End quote. End of episode thoughts. It is sad to know that Lorenzen's children grew up without their father because Shara really believed that a million dollar life insurance policy was far more superior than having Lorenzen and his children's lives. This, I I think with every case, you learn a lot from it. And I think this case, you learn that you have to be cautious about the people that are in your life and the people that you choose to allow in your life because not everyone in your life is in your life for the right reasons. Some individuals might see your money and cling on to it just for the sake of the money. Some people might cling on to you just because you have a house and they're waiting for you to die so that they can take over the house. Some people, like people are horrible out there. Um, Humans will kill for money because money is such a powerful thing and humans Like, there are very much good people out there, but there are just many horrible people out there. The the most heartbreaking and frustrating thing about this case is hearing the 911 dispatch call. I've listened to it only two times, and for me, gunshots are very, very triggering sound, but 
that 911 call, you can find it on YouTube. It is, it's not easy to listen to. And knowing that this 911 dispatcher heard those gunshots and did nothing about it. That is, what, what could prompt you in your right mind to just ignore that? You know, I'm not a 911 operator, but I'm pretty sure that if someone calls 911 and you hear gunshots, I would, you know, feel to do the right thing and do whatever it takes to save this person's life. Lorenzen lost his life. For what? No reason. Money does not equal the worth of someone's life. It never has and it never will. Yet, people are willing to kill for it all the time. And with that, today's story comes to an end. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, every Thursday, there is a new episode at 7 a.m. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and rating so I know what you can think of the show. You can keep up with me in the podcast at Instagram, at Criminal Curiosity Pod, Twitter, Crim Curiosity, and TikTok, Criminal Curiosity Pod. That is all that I have for you today. Please be safe out there. Look out for one another. Until next time. Bye, everyone.